podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. to the Buzz Podcast. Finally, finally, we get to cover something that's not Game of Thrones and um, a movie. It's another television show. It's one of our favourites, actually. It's Cobra Kai. We did cover this one on On The Box. Uh, if you do want to go and listen, it was an On The Box podcast. Uh, that's available on the AI channel. Uh, you can contact us via Twitter to find out where the first season review was. This is to talk about the second season and, as usual... I have, um, well, actually, returning guests from the John Wick pod. It's uh, the Anfield Index's number two, just like uh, Simon Minnelay, the brilliant cheerleader. It's Nina Kowser. How are you doing, Nina? Don't fuck yourself. I'm so insulted. Not really. It's fine. <laughs> hey, he's Whatever. got a Champions League winning medal. So... Yeah, and he also holds up pieces of fruit and takes pictures. <laughs> I'm sorry, like my Instagram will not be flooded with that, but I, I, own I don't it. even I follow him to be fair. So that just Neither shows. do I, but remember that picture I'm holding a pear. Oh yeah. Anyway, yeah. <laughs> the guy is, the guy is now a legend, mate. He's a Champions League winner. Talking about someone who may not like champ, ah, Champions League, Champions League winners. It's, uh, <laughs> it's Icky. How are you doing? Are you okay? I'm all right, mate. I'm just wondering who you'll um, compare me to right now, but are they gonna show us now, man? That's not you. <laughs> no, it's fine. Iqbal will do. <laughs> Come on, man. He's you know he's running the show. He's at the wheel, bro. I'm actually thinking now, like, who's worse at the wheel, me or Ollie? <laughs> He just, he just, he, he got a flat tire towards the end of the season. So just give, just give, give him a chance. We've got, we've got a new player now coming. Who, who, who which player have you signed? Uh, Daniel James. <laughs> hey, what are you laughing for? You know what? This reminds me of uh, the Downing era and the Adam era, and you know all the the, the, the that type of era. So welcome. Stop talking about football. Sorry, welcome to our. World So, very nice segue by Nina. We are going to talk Cobra Kai 2. And um, before we do get in, a little bit of a recap for everybody. What did you think of season one, folks? I think it'd be nice for them to come in with uh, your initial thoughts on the on this idea. I know a lot of people are actually reticent to actually even try it because they love the film. So, they don't even want to give it a go just in case they ruin it. But... What would your message be to, to somebody like that, um, Nina, for example? You know what, when this was first sort of advertised that they're doing Cobra Kai, I was like, oh my God, this is going to tank so bad. You know, like, you wanted it to, you got excited, the inner child got excited, but you thought this is going to be terrible. My God, I was so wrong. It is written so well. It's addictive. Um, I also like the fact that we get some 
um, backstory as to what happened and how the characters are and how, how they've grown up and how those events have kind of effect, affected them. I just think it's a really smart, intelligent, well-written show. And you know what? It was meant to be a guilty pre- pleasure. And for me now, it is an absolute must-watch. And um, I can't highly recommend it enough. Wow. That's some uh, endorsement. And Icky, what would you say? I'd say, I mean, this is one of my favourite films as a kid. And when I'd seen it, I, would, I, I remember I got so excited. But then thought a little about it like uh, Nina did. And, you know, when you go back to your childhood films and you don't want to re-watch them because you're probably not going to like it as much as you did when you were a kid. And you see that and you remember it. To be I honest, kind of my kids loved it. Yeah, I recently yeah, watched it with them. Yeah. They loved it. You know what? I went back to watch it after I watched Cobra Kai because I wanted to see what Johnny was saying. Was it true or not? <laughs> and I, I, do you, do you, I wanted to know if he was like chatting shit or is this genuinely true? I went back to watch it and I, I watched it from his perspective. And you know what? Daniel was the instigator in everything in terms of he always started stuff. But, you know, that fight at the end and you absolutely love it as a kid. You know, maybe I'm just old and I'm, I'm with Iqbal here. I watched it and I thought, you know what? The crane is like, as a kid, it was like so impressive. And then you watch it back and you think, oh my God, I used to fist pump to this fight. Do you know? It's so easy to know. see you coming, isn't it? <laughs> Do you know what? I remember, um, I think I was, I was at university and my mate was like, oh, I know karate. And did the crane and we just all burst out laughing. It's a tight you move as well, by the way. It's just yeah, a universal thing. I know. No, but it's like it was it was just so funny. So do you know what? One thing I do like about this show is that they've not tried to make it serious. It's it's a comedy as well as a drama because if it was a serious show, it wouldn't work. And they've added a lot of humour to it and um, you know, we can laugh at a lot of the characters. So I think it's a good addition. I really like it. It takes me back to my childhood and that's always a good thing. Yes. For me too, I think um, I think nostalgia is massive in everything. Now, if you watch things like Stranger Things, all that mm-hmm. they 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 actually played the whole show on being more nostalgic, taking in old themes, bringing them in, and inspirational. Now, this obviously is playing on the exact same characters, exact, and but in the future. So, if you loved it, like you both said, that you have, and it's iconic for all of us as kids then you're going to get drawn into this. Uh, personally, that's what happened with me. Got drawn into it. I thought we'd give it a go. Like Nina, had my reservations, but season one blew me away, let's be mm-hmm. honest. And the the character development of the new characters as well, and the twist on how Johnny sees life is 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 just, it's just genius. It is literally genius for me because... And I'm guessing you all binge-watched it as well, right? I, I watched it in two days because I started watching yeah, it late. Which is so. a binge watch, in yeah. all honesty. Let's yeah. be honest, it is. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I didn't even know, but my daughter went and binge watched season two without me. <laughs> yeah, oh. like, I didn't even know. and like she The little one. Me. Yeah, the little one. And I was like, oh, are you sure? You were allowed to watch that? She's craftier, and she she's is. a queen of spoilers. She ruined Winter Soldier for me. Yeah, true. That was hilarious as well. Do you know, do you know I watched the first ever episode with my brother, and he doesn't understand much, to be honest. <laughs> and after about ten minutes, he goes, "What the? What is this? It's been twenty-five years, and he's still not got over it." And he turned it off. And I thought, you know what? He's kind of right. <laughs> but I ended up watching it myself, and it was really good. I liked it. 
and he he doesn't get anything. And he's like, this is just crap. <laughs> no, I I I really enjoyed it. Mm. I thought it was a nice twist on it, and I thought that is how you 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 know you you bring it alive. You bring a, a, an old um, series, sorry, an old film alive because you've got to make it seem different, and you switch the roles. And I thought they switched it well enough for me to feel sorry for him. What about what about what about yourself? I think they did it well enough that you felt sorry for Johnny. Currently wearing Justice for Johnny T-shirt. There you go. There By you the go. way, this was the first ever podcast I listened to on on the box, and you are you know the tables were turned and you felt sorry for Johnny, and then I put that tweet out about Clubber Lang. You went mental. Yeah, that's how that's how this all got started. So that's what got me interested in your podcast, by the way. So good, good episode. There you go. Thank you very much. And uh, yeah, we had to recruit you then after the Club of Lang stuff. Maybe <laughs> one day we we discuss Creed, the Creed films. We might we might need to do that because we all love them. Well, we all love uh, the Rocky films. So yeah. Anyway, um, not so sure about those ones, but they were okay. They were okay. Anyway, back to Cobra Kai. So at the end of the first season. We know Cobra Kai wins, Miguel wins, and um, there's a return uh, of of Kreese. But before we get to all of that, Nina, uh, let's talk about where uh, Daniel and Johnny are uh, in, in the se- in the series at that point. Um, very very different positions. Daniel obviously uh, reeling from a loss at the state champ or whatever it is, the, ch- the championship, the Valley championship, mm-hmm. uh, because he knows only how, to, how it feels after being a winner. But now he also has the son of his enemy. And then for, for Johnny, it's, it's weird because his son's on the other side and his son's the one who's injured and getting taken advantage of. And now he's having self-realization about Cobra Kai and the methods. Yeah. I think, um, you know, what they were kind of taught was no mercy, no mercy, no mercy. And it even says it on the wall as well. And I think when it came to his son, and I think he actually pulled up Miguel on this as well, I think he kind of realised then that there's there should be honour in fighting. And I think that it was a complete role reversal in terms of obviously what they were both feeling and stuff. But I think it kind of shaped up season two really well because you've got Daniel LaRusso then, then thinking, well, I'm, I'm going to open my own. Um, basically in his head, it was kind of further cemented that Cobra Kai has, hasn't really changed at all, even though Johnny had nothing to do with what Miguel did. But in his eyes, it's almost like Cobra Kai is still the devil and they kind of teach an evil practice of, um, you know, a sacred martial arts in karate and he needs to bring the pure and simple element of karate and uh, the Miyagi Dojo is um, the the solution to that, teaching people, you know, the, the true art of um, karate. And then you've got Johnny on the other side who's kind of saw his, saw his boy do what basically Crane always told them to do, which was kind of wrong and it's quite damaging. And he's kind of trying to take a bit more of a he wants his karate dojo to be a bit more holistic and a bit pure, a bit strange, but really interesting. Yeah. What did you think, Iqbal? Yeah, about the about the uh, Daniel versus Johnny thing. Yeah, so basically where they are at the moment, the start of this episode, the start of the season two, they're both in different places. One's, yeah. one's lost and the other Johnny one's still won. Lost. Yeah. Johnny's still lost. I mean, it's, I think it ends the same way it starts, really. Um, obviously, Johnny kind of, I mean, 
was it Miguel won, but at the same time it didn't win the way Johnny actually wanted him to. And um, I think it's a bit of self-realisation there where Johnny actually thinks, actually, I'm becoming my coach, you know, from the past. And I don't want to be like this. So trying to adapt, I think he wants his students to sort of adapt into a, a, a different style. But, you know, I think he's still he's still lost. And as, as we uh, watch the second season, we still realise he's still lost. He's, you know, he'll always be lost. And it feels like as well, like there's a lot of guilt in Johnny as well because his son is slipping further and further away. And I think his son almost felt like he instructed Miguel to do that. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah, of course it was. It'll come across that way, won't it? You'd always think, yeah, you, you know, it never change. And, uh, they're still snakes and they're not going to change, you know. And, um, and and that's what they're taught. They're taught to cheat, pretty much, is what they're going to think. And and that's where you get the the whole second season is built on that premise of Daniel still thinking that Johnny is the same guy even though he keeps telling him I'm not the same guy the dojo's not the same as it was but then that is where Kreese comes in guys because he's the one who's creating all of the mayhem in terms of the the negativity on Cobra Kai because you know, he's got them to attack them. He's got them to do dodgy things. And, you know, it's just all, he, he's going behind Johnny's back and, and trying to, you know, poison the, the students. And it's just, obviously it comes to, at the end, we, we, we will get there in a second, but he is, he comes back into this show, John Crease. And, and at the start, I mean, even, they actually made you feel sorry for him at one point, Icky. Did you think? They made you feel sorry for him at one point when he's been through all the hell and he's not really got anything. But is that John Grace? Yeah, yeah, they did make you yeah. feel a bit sorry for him. They did well with that. Yeah, because you were like, Twist. actually, this guy's in is in a home. Mm. He's actually a little delusional. I feel sorry for him. He's not. He's not got anything anymore. You know, because he had he had the dojo and he doesn't have anything anymore. I mean, he kind of did. He, but I think something. In the back of your mind, thought actually he's up to something. Don't let him in, you know. Yeah. And as Johnny's friend said, you know, don't trust him. You know, I think Johnny's, like we mentioned, can keep saying it, but he's a little lost. He doesn't know what to do. He doesn't know what to do. Like anybody who'd been through something so traumatic would have said, actually, no, see you later. But I think he's trying to, he's trying to change people, you know, and he sees people changing, and he thinks, all right. I'll give him another chance. And that's all because we started to feel what Johnny felt. And that was a little sorry for um, John Kreese. Yeah. And then Johnny, we must well talk about Johnny here, where we talk about how he, how his feelings changed towards Kreese a couple of times in the show. He goes back and forth. But Johnny's very vulnerable, isn't he? Very, very vulnerable. Yeah. And what you need to remember as well, clubs we've got the backstory of Johnny in the first one. And obviously he had a stepfather who really didn't give a shit about him. So he didn't really have a strong male sort of um, influence, you know, like a father figure. And to some degree, I think he did see his sensei as a father figure. And, you know, when he held him up against the wall and said, you're a failure when he obviously lost the championship. I think that... I know your brother said it about that, or, you know, why is he still holding on to it? I think that really psychologically scarred him. And I think there's always, I think it's always been in the back of his head that, okay, this guy treated me like shit. He's no good and he was bad for me. But then 
he also has conflicting opinions on Chris because he was possibly the only one that was there for him that taught him something, you know. Well, yeah, was pretty much a father figure. Yeah, because obviously we in the first season we see his stepfather, right? Being yeah, an absolute idiot, right? Yeah, of course. So, of course, yeah. So, and I agree with you. I did, you know, to some degree. Like, I mean, when he came up, I just thought typical, typical, you know, um, guy comes out the woodwork a bit like a United fan, right? Comes out the woodwork. Oh, they're winning, right? I'll say something now, and then you know he comes out and he says, hey, you know, he announces himself, and it's that's how the season ends. And I'm with Iqbal. I'm like, you shouldn't trust this guy. This guy fucked you up so bad. You're probably one of the reasons why your life took a massive bender is because of how he treated you. It was like it was almost like another person kind of abandoning you or like disappointing you. But um, the 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 scenes where he was living in that home and stuff, and you know him having to lie about this extravagant life that he's led, or all the things, and well, not extravagant, should we say? You know, all the life experiences he's undertaken since leaving Cobra Kai were just all lies because he actually had nothing to show for it, and that was quite sad because. All being said and done, Chris is an old man now, right? And you always do kind of pity the elderly a little bit more. I know he might be Botox and filled up to the max, <laughs> but he is an old man. Then again, so was uh, Mr. Miyagi in the first one. So, you know, yeah, he, was. He, still yeah. ha- he still have some sort of impact. Yeah, but he probably wasn't Botox to the shit like him, bloody hell. But anyway, <laughs> it's not about that. It's a- he still he still did well in his role, I thought. He still come across very snide and very, like, you know, like he very did. Very commanding, don't oh. you think? He still had yeah, that about yeah, him. Yeah. yeah, and he was always pushing Johnny in this to be like him. You know, like when he, when they, when they do the bit of, um, when he tries to give them a- attitude adjustments because they think they're too good. And obviously all these newbies join the Cobra Kai and he's trying to, they're having a laugh and a joke. And he goes, I don't want you to have a laugh and a joke. I want you to be serious when we're doing, when we're, when we're here training, you know, I want you to be totally serious when we're in the dojo. So he's just like basically tells them to run in the cement. Yeah. And they won't do it, but Crease is there to push and he keeps saying what you're doing, what you're doing. But Johnny's even trying to still prove himself to Crease that they'll do it. Do you get what I mean? It's just, it's like Johnny has this, he's always fighting. Johnny is fighting everything. Not only he's is he fighting, demons, hasn't he? he's got a lot too of many. And then obviously he's, I mean, there's some scenes in this show, and I know you love them, where he's, when he gets the laptop and he goes, you, you told me you get, get an Apple one. This is not Apple. How do you switch it on? And he's pressing a button on the side. <laughs> like, I don't even know if that's possible, to be honest, in this day. Because hashtags, hash browns, I was like, mmm, I'm hungry. <laughs> what the hell? <laughs> yeah, because you were doing Ramadan at the time. <laughs> <laughs> Worst time ever. No, I mean, I think you had Jessel on for the first one. I remember he said, I don't know how this guy has survived in modern era. And watching the second one, it's like, oh my God, have you been living under a rock? Yeah. yeah, but he didn't, he didn't need to do anything. Like, what did he do, like, for a living? Building yeah, stuff? Yeah, I suppose he had labouring jobs, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Sticking TVs onto walls and stuff. You don't have to worry about how the TV works. And was he listening to cassette Wait. players in his car? Yeah. Sure, yeah, he was. That 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 lady was back in this this season, wasn't she? Yeah, she was. She became <laughs> his date. Yeah. You know what, whilst we're on Johnny, let's talk about the whole arc then in terms of his dating as well, Icky. That was, that was bloody hilarious. You've mentioned it now. You might as well go there. What's that? So the dating. Yeah, the dating app, wasn't it? Because Miguel teaches him about a dating app, so yeah. he starts going on dates. Well, he was like, well, I, I don't know what he's expecting from women. I don't know, like, what he was, like, because he's like, oh, none of them, I don't like any of them or whatever. 
and then he comes across one that he finally likes and then he just doesn't give a number give the number to her does he and he goes out for a fight or something Oh yeah, basically what happens is he um yeah. he's he's got he's got he's developed feelings um for Miguel's mum, right? And then yeah. she's obviously dating some knobhead. Yeah. Um and he hit overhears him saying, Oh, I'm I'm dating this chick and she still lives with her mum. I'm just hitting it and then I'll quit and I'll move on. He sees him the the guy at the same bar flirting with other women and that's where he goes and squares up to him but you know the whole dating process my favorite scene was when he's with this woman and you, you talk about the one that he actually liked them two were so alike by the way you know um but he was on a date with a woman and he goes i i am good with kids i work with kids and you know i run my own dojo and you know this one time and she's smiling thinking oh my god he could be really good because i think she had children and and he goes at this one time this kid gave me jip in my dojo so I put him in a headlock or something I just thought it was fucking brilliant. <laughs> yeah, it just wasn't coming across well with anybody because he's just not. He's very direct. No, no, he's just the, the, you know like people are now more. Um, he's got no filter. PC, yeah. yeah. He's, he's not. Got, PC. He's not PC at all. He doesn't know racism. He doesn't understand anything. He he won't get any of it. No, but for him, do you not think the world is just simple? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, he simple. is. He's a very simple he's guy. He's a little too simple. Like, whatever you see, say it. Basically, you know what they've done? They've kept him in the 80s yeah. in terms of his, his his mentality and his persona. His music, it's his like, cars, everything yeah, from there. He's not evolved with the time at all. He's never moved on from that kick. That's what it's all about, right? I actually know people like this, to be honest. I'll be, I'll be honest. I do know someone like this. It, it is, it is sad. That Liverpool fans in the eighties. No, no. Ch- ch- oh, we only need to go back to next week, son. Last week, last week. Yeah, we only need to okay, go. Okay, okay, okay. Seven okay, days, stop. seven days, brother. Seven I'll days, stop. six I'll times. Sweeping the leg. <laughs> <laughs> oh, she swept you there, mate. Sorry, that's mm. you done. But um, yeah, I mean. He does. He, you're right. I think that's the best way. It's, he's stuck in the '80s, and he's just not. Um, but his, but the character is brilliant, and I think we can then switch now over to Daniel into this, who's oh, also. Can I just say one more thing on. about Johnny. Yeah. When I love the fact that he's sleeping and his alarm goes off and he just punches it. Yeah, like, he just smashes it. Like, what the hell? Shouldn't he need more clocks? <laughs> How is he paying for these clocks? But yeah, um, even how he negotiates with, he's got no business acumen, nothing. His, his, you know, he's he's getting priced out of his dojo. The way Chris ends up taking it out of him, you know, because it gets popular. Just things like that. He doesn't understand marketing. Well, the thing is, back in back in them days, you could do things on a gentleman's agreement, yeah. and people would stick by it. Like it feels as if, like, like as time has gone on, you need a contract for everything, mm. you know. And he's still, like I mentioned, still stuck in the eighties, and he just kind of. He thinks everything. He thinks everyone's just nice and sweet and just does whatever he, whatever he says. And it's a gentleman agreement, isn't it? Handshake. Yeah, agreed. Used to be, used to be. Now it's yeah. all about the cash. You know, who's got the money? Um, who pays the most? Gets what they, what, whatever they want. And as we know, Manchester City. But anyway, we'll stop keeping the football. Um, <laughs> there's um, obviously Daniel. Then Icky. We'll go. We'll go over to Daniel Lee again. Yeah. He's having his own issues because he's lost possibly for the first time. He keeps remembering Miyagi. And also, this starts putting a lot of pressure 
on not only his relationship with his daughter, because she's getting embroiled into loads of things herself, but then with his wife, you know? Yeah. And it's yeah. it's proper pressure time now for him, because you think the guy who's got everything, things should be simple, but like Johnny, he's had he's had the pressure on as well this season, but in his own way. Yeah, I think he's it's gone from being a family man to somebody who just wants to do what he has to do, right? And he's not really put his family first uh, until towards the end. He kind of like makes up with makes up with um, his wife for Mondays, and yeah. So I mean. That's when they all get together for for dinner, isn't it? All of them, and they kind of get on really well. But um, it just feels as if he's just kind of putting the car business to the side. Mm-hmm. He's letting everyone deal with their own stuff, and his focus is now shifting to becoming the next uh, Mister Miyagi. <laughs> exactly, and the dojo. He Nin. He goes and he goes and makes adverts and takes pot shots at. Cobra Kai and you know that's quite below the belt that that still takes that angle from last year where he's the real yeah. villain you know because Johnny's he's not really doing petty. that he's really petty he's yeah, really yeah. Pe- you know to me he then since he bumps into Johnny because it seems that before then he's a successful businessman a good father a great husband great for the community and soon as he sets eyes on Johnny he then morphs into that teenager he, he you know he becomes you know really catty very bitter perpetulant even you know and I feel like the the whole dojo thing of you know opening dojo was almost like um first of all trying to steal another man's living like you know because he feels like you know well if you're doing it I can do it better but I feel like it was a result of being beat because he last minute he represents Robbie Keane who is Johnny's kid but I feel like it's um it's almost like um, a, a domino effect of losing in the final. Um, I, f- I feel like he's a really, really bad sore loser. He really is. He really is a sore loser, and he you could tell that. And the pot shots were just completely uncalled for. Again, he started it again. Yeah, because right? that, that then kicks off all the shit, and that then kicks off Crease getting involved and getting Hawk and all the others to go and smash up his dojo. You know, all, all that stuff starts happening all because... Basically, you know what? D- Daniel started a gang war in martial arts. Yeah, literally. <laughs> it, it literally was what, what, in the end, what happened Which is, is that... Which is a million miles away from what my, Miyagi used to teach. No. And what he believed, which is yeah. quite ironic. Yeah, and we'll get there. We'll get to that because that's obviously the last episode is huge. Huge. But before we do, um, more on Daniel. So he's... Then uh, he's working his ass off with his wife in terms of, you know, they get together again trying to beat um, their old sales records. They do it, but that's not enough. She doesn't want that. She wants him to focus more on the company, more than just, um, you know, more than just one day and get your sales done for the month, and that's it. It's more about, you know, t- taking your time. And obviously, he's trying to make it up to her, get a sushi stuff like that. She's already got time going out. He's sleeping on the he's sleeping on the sofa. It's it, it's not a good time for him. It's not a good time for him, but he does he does realise that, you know, he needs to change, I suppose, if there's anything redeeming about him. Mm. Yeah, it's it's completely self-inflicted. And I'll be honest, whilst I was watching those episodes of him constantly being at the dojo when he's got a successful business that actually puts 
food on the table that gives him this comfortable life and he's got this amazing by the way his wife is awesome she is i really like her yeah she's I've probably got the her. nicest nicest yeah the two moms are probably the nicest um yeah the miguel's two women. mom yeah miguel's mom and, and her they're probably the two nicest people in the whole thing yeah i also like miguel's grandma as well when she stormed oh yeah she's she, funny yeah yeah that's, <laughs> but, that's the only way this would work though right that's the only way this would this would ever work because they've got the women kind of keeping the boys under control <laughs> really and you know what this this what what Icky just said there leads to the probably the best scenes of the whole season Nin, when they're together in the in the restaurant and there's no seat to go to uh johnny and his wife and his not his wife his girlfriend are already sitting there and uh daniel comes in with his wife and there's only one table available and it's the table next to johnny and what I found brilliant was how the women said, should we just put them together? And they were like, no, 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 no. <laughs> yeah, and then they both disappear off to the bathroom. And, uh, you know, that scene is brilliant. I just love the way Johnny's eating nachos. Yeah, but and, the way you know, he eats them, though, it's like... Yeah. Oh, and, and, and you know what was the icebreaker and all that? Like, they absolutely did not want to sit at the same table. And then, obviously, um, the waitress comes over. And mm. she um, obviously, they have a very, very specific you know kind of menu there's certain things that they're allergic to certain things that they don't want on their sides etc etc and daniel dan um, daniel keeps saying do you want to write it down do you want to write it down she goes no i got it do you want to write it down no, no, no i got it and you know even johnny's kind of thinking write it down and then when she brings the order she messes it up and that is the icebreaker for them to to finally agree on something and then they, they're having drinks and you know uh johnny makes a joke about Oh, the last time I went to three, uh, last time I went to three rounds against LaRusso, I, I ended up on my back or something. You know, like it became the icebreaker and it was such a lovely, heartwarming moment. Yeah, because then, then they could start dancing, don't they? And, um, you know, they, yeah. just, they start, it just feels like, oh, finally, these two might just become fucking friends. And remember, they teased this in season one over the, when they're at the bar. When in the season one, they're also uh, they they're also together for one episode where they where they're chatting about father figures and how tough it was, and they're just about to you know, you know become friends then as well, but obviously the kids are in the way and and things are going to go nuts with the kids. But what did you think of that scene? What Nina just said? Did you think? Did you also feel warm? And did you also feel feel like it's probably the best scene of, or at least the it best was, episode? Yeah, it was it was a nice scene. But he, he, he kind of had that feeling it was going to be short-lived. Yeah, because it happened in the first season too. Yeah. And not just that, because of the backstory of what was going on with the kids. And you knew nothing was going to, you know, it was going to split them. It was going to kind of split them up. And, and that end scene I've got to mention where not even a single word was said between Daniel and Johnny. It was probably, probably the toughest scene to watch, but at the same time, most striking scene because mm. I mean literally nothing. It was just body language, wasn't it? Which one? The two. When they're in the elevator. Yeah, oh, that's horrible. Yeah, 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 Not even a single word was said, but you kind of understood, and it didn't need to be. And that's 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 good directing, actually, good writing and good directing. Yeah, both of them are to blame uh, at this. There's no way he can try and blame Johnny, but um, on his own. Sorry, it's I think be... I think Daniel blames himself though. Yeah. Maybe so. Yes, I don't think he blames Johnny, and um, maybe Johnny blames himself. You know, because he's not said a single word to Daniel. So I mean, 
I think they're both guilty here. Both well, we guilty. can tell Johnny is because Johnny's all over the place at the end, you know, absolutely all over the place. But we'll get there. We'll get there. Uh, you talked about the kids there, Aki. And what about, um, obviously Samantha and Miguel? There's a, there's a whole, I mean, I don't really want to talk about it too much because it's, it's, it's the teen stuff. It's the teen stuff. <laughs> but they, they, they basically try and have a love. Uh, they both like each other still, but they don't, they want to move on kind of type thing. There's something that pulls them together, but then they both kind of got different partners. You know, uh, Miguel's got Tori, who is sassy and, uh, kind of like, you know, um, she's a survivor. There you go. I knew she'd put, she'd, she'd strike up, uh, with something. And then you got Samantha, who's silver spoon in the mouth. Um, she's dating Johnny's son, Robbie Keane, uh, another football. Uh, reference and 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 it's just it's just very complicated with the kids now as well yeah um a little too complicated i think they make it, need to make it i don't know i think there's a little too much going on for me at the moment but i mean i think we kind of cleared it up towards the end and um i think throughout it's like where's this going actually what what is gonna happen who's gonna he- end up with who mm. But um, I think they kind of cleared that up at the end. And um, I think Robbie's going to be the one with the short straw right now. Oh, God, he's 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 the villain now. He's turned into yeah. the villain from what he did because... I think it's the exact same treatment that Johnny got in the films. So Absolutely. Like, he's going to fulfil his dad's, you know, yeah. destiny. Well, not fulfil it, but he's going to relive it. Let's say that fulfilling is wrong, but he's going to relive it because... If something happens to Miguel in terms of uh, wrong, because obviously, I mean, let, let, we might as well just go there. Nin, let's cover the, the 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 what's happened to Miguel. He's he's kind of paralysed in in hospital. The Robbie Keane part here. If um if something happens to him, that's that's something that he's gonna have to live with for the rest of his life, and he becomes the villain. Yep. Um, I think also what you need to remember is Robbie Keane was actually a little bit of the villain before. Um, that happened because when Miguel returns the um, uh, Miyagi's Medal of Honor mm. to him, he doesn't. He says he found it in the garden yeah. to Samantha because obviously mm. he's trying to show her that look, we're not all the same. We're different because they've been like a bit of a gang war situation. Exactly. Um, and basically, I, Cobra Kai splitting into two at that point, isn't it? It's like getting the crease version and the the Johnny version. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's it's got two faces, like the pure evil Cobra Kai, which is what we were accustomed to as kids, and not the new face that Johnny wants to kind of um project, but. And um, before that, Robbie Keane is, you're already looking at him and thinking he's a little shady. Even when he's trying to be a little do-gooder last season, I still thought, I don't like you and I don't know why. And this time around, it was, it was cemented. And, you know, uh, I think he spoke about, you know, that fight. I mean, I think we're going to speak in depth about the iconic episode and that great fight scene. But, you know, Miguel could have taken him out and he stops and he kind of shows mercy because that's what his sensei taught him. And... Um, Robbie Keane just completely takes him out clean. Everyone sees it. It's just pure, you know, it's it's heartless. You know, there was absolutely no need to do that. Just takes him out, throws him down the stairs. And, um, yeah, uh, Samantha sees it. Everyone sees it. And uh, it's, it's insane because um, he's meant to be, a, you know, a, a student from the Miyagi Dojo, and he's literally done the most dishonourable thing. Yeah, and that's where the parallels come in with his dad, you know, 
from the from the films. He's like he's just like his dad. That's what people will say. And um, and and Miguel gets to become more like Daniel Russo, you know, the poor chap who 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 wouldn't cheat, who wouldn't cheat. But it's just interesting that Johnny is the one who's teaching him and not Daniel, and it's Daniel teaching the other one. And it's just they're really well written, actually, when you think about it. Really, really well written. How it gets to that point, but they're on the you know the opposite side. And it's it's just really weird. Just I just I I do I did enjoy that part. I don't know if you think the same. It's just very like you said, very complicated. But when you watch it and it comes to that point, you think, wow, that's pretty well done. Yeah, it's very violent. I've got to say that end scene was first thought was where's all the teachers? <laughs> well, no, I, I I you said this to me, but I saw yeah. the teachers come and one got batted. And then the other one just saw the other teacher get back and said, yes, see you later, I'm not getting involved, and walked off. You know what I found strange in all that, though? Soon as Miguel took the fall, that's when the security guard or the police guy, the guy in the uniform, turns up. It's like a Bollywood film. Well, yeah. Yeah, it's Punjab Punjab police, isn't it? They're always late. (laughs) (laughs) No, but yeah, I just thought, I just thought, yeah, it's great. It's fun. It's a great um, episode. And all of that, but let's not talk about what's realistic and what isn't, because they probably wouldn't ever do anything. Um, no TV season, TV series uh, ever again. But um, but I thought it was good. I really liked it. I like the way it's fallen into place now for season three. You know, we've got questions as to what Miguel is going to do, what's going to happen to Robbie Keane, you know, what, what does Samantha think? You know, what does what does everyone what's everyone going to do? And, and and most importantly, Daniel and Johnny. Really, is is Johnny going to stop? Is he going to start his own dojo? Is he going to try to get it back? And what's Daniel going to do? Is he going to shut down Miyagi Dojo? You know, that that's the whole thing. Because remember, he's the one who's taught Robbie from the beginning, and um, maybe now he's thinking. Actually, um, Apple doesn't fall far from the tree. I can't change this kid. Who knows? But I've thought from the beginning that Miguel has always been the good kid. Always. always. No no matter what he's done, he's always been the one that's that's done the right thing. I agree with you. And you know what, Gads? It's really interesting, right? Because you've got Miguel here. By the way, on a side note, he has the best resting bitch face ever. He is like Virgil van Dyke of that world. Yeah, his face doesn't move. But here's a really interesting thing, right? Um, that his, his character development, remember in the first season, he's a bullied little Latina kid, Latino kid on, on you know, on, you know, the kid, people bully him. And he's really quiet and he's really submissive and then he starts doing karate and he gets a bit of confidence even his mom sees the confidence in him then he becomes a champion and you know what he never really actually throws his weight around with that and then you've got a kid who has something very similar in hawk is it is is it called hawk hawk yeah but takes it too far yeah who actually then becomes the bully which is why i think miguel is always the good guy in this yeah, because he was leaning towards that way until he started getting the attitude adjustment, the reality checks from Johnny. Johnny, and, yep. And Johnny, that's what he said. Even though, you know, because they quiz, quiz him, why, he's your son, you didn't tell us. And he goes, even though he's my son, it's none of your business. Am I treating you any differently? And they were like, no. And he goes, exactly. And then he takes Johnny to the side. He takes Miguel to the side and says, I'm going to be here for you forever. It doesn't matter 
if he's my son or not, you're like my son. And I thought that was brilliant. The way they, the way they're playing Miguel and Johnny together is great. And Johnny is punishing himself at the end for not picking his phone up because he's away with his mates, isn't he? And obviously one of his mates has died. Johnny's mates at the time. So he's struggling through all of that as well. So Johnny's story is again, entwining it all together. It's um, it's impressive. I think I do, and I know it's just Cobra Kai or whatever. It's not got the big Game of Thrones. I don't give a name. fuck. I, just, I, I, I watched them done. both together, I think and it's this written is better. So well. It's I written better than Game of Thrones. <laughs> at the end, right. certainly the last season. Sorry, I'm talking about the last season. This yeah. was written better. It is what it is. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, you agree as well, Icky? Yeah, I think Game of Thrones. Not gonna lie, it was a bit of a disappointment towards the end. I just wanted it to be over, and I'm, I'm actually glad it's over now. Yeah, it's done. We don't have to think about it until the the prequel comes out and uh, go mental again. But uh, yeah, I, like you said, I think this was the amount the amount of things that are entwined in this in this show when you watch it properly and you think about it afterwards. It's it's unbelievably done. It's really well done. There's mm. so much going on. Like like, like Icky, I mean, he's going and he meets up the Cobra Kai, the original Cobra Kai. And, yeah. you know, one of them's dying and he has to then quit on Cobra Kai for a little bit. And obviously that's when Kreese comes in and takes it because he claims that, you know, you, you left your guys while they were fighting. But, you know, jo- would you, do you blame Johnny for that? You've got to, haven't you? That was the best episode. Uh, first of all, I just want to say that with the four guys in the pool, <laughs> in yes. the bar fight, that was just, it just nostalgic takes you back. Um, and yeah, the, the, they're pretty badass, aren't they, for, for 40, 50-year-old men? Well, they're going to be. They're all black belts, man. You don't forget <laughs> it, do you? Exactly, exactly. Even even the guy dying, like, oh, wicked. Um, but, yeah, I mean, you can't blame Johnny. I mean, the guy's away with his friends. And I thought the um, flashback scenes to the forum, because I remember two of them. I didn't remember the third one. I was like, it was nice actually getting that, them flashback scenes in in between in them episodes. That was really nice. Took you back to when they were on the motorbikes and, and riding riding around and yeah, I thought it was really good. Good episode. Very good episode. Yeah. Um Nin. So the we've gone through, we basically ended up back at Johnny again, have you noticed from going through uh, his son uh, Robbie Keane and uh, and uh, Miguel. Um let's let's go to the girls then Samantha and Tori. Uh, again, linked with uh, Miguel and um, and Robbie, but Tori's first introduction is is more uh, is it at a beach club party or something? And um, you know, the, the, her mom's purse goes missing, and she's seen Tori take some champagne. Or no, I, th- I think her first in- introduction was she actually goes to Cobra Kai Dojo, right? And Miguel's got a fight, and she kicks his yeah. ass. So that's the first time seeing. Oh no, sorry, Samantha and uh, Tori's first. Yes, 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 their first thingy. And the link in this is, um, uh, is it the girl called Alicia? Yeah. Is that her name? Basically, she used to be Samantha's former friend, but then Samantha left her for popular girls. And then Alicia becomes really badass with the Cobra Kai as a general. I call her Miss Robinson. Aisha, right? Aisha, sorry, Aisha, not Alicia, Aisha. And obviously she becomes really badass. Now she's got a friend in Tori who is another girl at the at the dojo, so naturally they're going to get on. It's another female representing. 
and they're, they're at um, uh, the, the beach club and this is the first time they meet each other as well and they are very much talking she's obviously she sees her lift a bottle of vodka her mum's purse goes missing so therefore this girl has stole it and they instantly do not take a liking to each other because she's a bit rough around the edges uh samantha's very prim and proper as for you know, Tori doesn't like this girl because she's a girl, as you said, born with a silver spoon in her mouth. And also she accused her of stealing and she actually throws her off the table and beats her up. And obviously their their rivalry spirals from, of course, um, Miguel being at the centre of it all, you know? Yeah. Because, you know, Tori gets with him and, of course, they have that thing at the roller skating thing as well and i think tori says a line to miguel and it sticks with me because at first i was like she's such an annoying little teenager but then she goes she she told that story about her mum and she got sacked because she was taking food home they would have binned it for them not to eat her and her brother to eat because they were going home hungry and they sacked her mum without a warning and she says to miguel people like us have to take everything that we can and I think that is pretty much what her character is pretty much built on. She's a survivor. Yeah. And, you know, she sees, finds out that Samantha is Miguel's ex and therefore is threatened that she might come back into the picture. Exactly. Exactly. I mean, I don't condone anything she does in terms of stealing things like that, but I get what you're saying. She's a survivor. And uh, Samantha is just, is obviously, she's got everything in life. So... Yeah. You know, and she was she was actually feeling threatened as well. She was feeling jealous, um, even though Miguel's not with her. And Samantha, in the end, kisses Miguel. You know, so when you think about it, Icky, there there is a bit of a grey in Samantha's character here. Right. This I'm going to compare this to the old Karate Kid. Go on then. So you had the love triangle between Danny Larusso. Johnny and who's the who's the who's the lady? Elizabeth. Ali, Ali, yeah. Ali, right, yeah. So short for Alison Becker. Anyway, go sorry. Yeah, yeah. So basically, that's that's exactly what it is. That's what's happening, right? Um. So I think that's exactly what's happening now with Miguel, Robbie, and um Samantha. So yeah, interesting. Very very good parallel for sure. So. Miguel obviously still has a thing for Samantha. Samantha has a thing for Miguel, and Robbie Keane is Johnny, basically stuck in the middle, bad guy, bad kid, wanting to get with Samantha, but at the same time trying to do over um, Miguel. Yeah, that that is the parallel there, in my opinion. So I think when it comes down to it, Miguel will get with Samantha again. Robbie Keane is now the bad kid, and probably going to end up with Crease. Oh my God! You think? I I think it's possible. I, I mean, who's going to have him? Daniel's probably not going to have him now. Um, he's going to go back to his dad, probably not. And who's the next best guy? You got Crease. Yeah, I think his dad won't even have him after what he did to Miguel. You know. There you go. And um, him and Hawk team up. Who knows? Yeah. I I mean, obviously, there's other things going on here. But um, what do you think of? Um, what was I going to say? Jesus, it's just dropped out of my head now. Let's, let's, uh, go, let's move on. Um, who's left then? Who's left to talk about? I think we've covered most Dimitri. Dimitri and Hawk. Dimitri. Go on then, your favourite character. I loved, do you know what? This guy was probably the best addition to the whole season because. He was there season one, but just 
Yes. I, I see you, Dimitri, and raise you a stingray. <laughs> what? Do you remember Stingray, the older one at the dojo, hanging out with teenagers, the chubby guy? Yes. <laughs> he was still there? <laughs> and he won, he won the competition because he just hid on the ground. And then, Do you know, he was brilliant in the fight. Cobra Kai. Yeah. It's so funny. Like, you would not have humour like this in the film. No. Which is why you you can get it in the TV show. Yeah. And without the humour, this would not be what it is. Like, that's why I love it so much. Dimitri, he, I know so many people like Dimitri. That's why That's why it kind of, it just makes, it, it's just kind of, it, it gives you that school sort of feel, going back to school sort of feeling. It does. You know, there's always, there's always a Dimitri in every single class, man. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So, and there's always a Hawk in every single year. And um, that rivalry, like obviously best friends split up. One's a bit jealous of the other, you know, um, one doesn't like the other. One's pretending not to like, you know, Hawk's pretending not to like Dimitri when I think he's really got a soft spot for him, but he's just trying to act hard. All of course the time. he does, they're best mates, they grew up together, they, yeah. you know, he knows all of his secrets. Yeah, well, it's the be- it's the bedwetting one, wasn't it? That's, that's the one that kicks it all off. <laughs> yeah, it triggered everything off. <laughs> that's what. That's why they had that big the fight. Water in <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's why they ended up having the big fight, because of the fucking, he humiliated him in the party. Yeah. Uh, and the thing is, he's just so clumsy, is Dimitri that he just—I I just know so many clumsy people that are just having, you know, what, just thinking of them fighting is just—is just great. But if you think about it, Daniel Larusso always gets the flawed characters. Yeah. Um, in the same way, Mr. Miyagi got Daniel Larusso, who yeah. was a little flawed, you know, yeah. and um. It's that sort of that's a similar parallel to the one previous that I mentioned, and I, I just like that rivalry, but mainly Dimitri as a character because uh, he's just so funny. Yeah, but Nin he gets his like Rocky moment, doesn't he, at the end when he throw when he puts Hawk through the fucking cabinet and and really kicks his ass because he just remembers a few things from the dojo. That's some advice. Muscle memory just... kicked in. Yeah, his mo- muscle, muscle memory. memory. <laughs> just went into Keanu Reeves. Um, <laughs> Yeah, like he looked at his arms, like, "Whoa, are these really moving?" <laughs> it's true. I really do feel like he went into Keanu Reeves mode at the end and just started kicking his ass. I thought it was brilliant. You actually punch the air when that happens, don't you, Nin? Yeah. You do. You absolutely do. Because he's absolutely dreadful, isn't he? Let's be honest. He oh. this guy's never oh. going to. Oh, it. sorry, Dimitri. Yes. Yeah, you know he's absolutely hopeless, and even you know. Um, uh, Daniel, who is quite a patient man, let's be honest, he's quite patient with his kids, you know, because he was once there, mm. and even he's coming to the end of his tether with him towards the end, like, why is he not doing anything? And then, you know, when they have that little circuit thing, and he actually um, takes one down, and then yeah. the second one comes, and he just completely gets flooded. So it was nice for him to have that moment, but I agree with Iqbal. He, he came into his own, it was quite funny to see. I think the big fight, I mean, I think, you let's know. Let's go there, uh, yeah, let's go there. <clears throat> I think Tori was the instigator because she gets on the tannoy and says, I'm coming for you, Samantha, because she sees them kiss. And obviously the, the fight starts with them. But I think what it all comes down to, and I want you you guys to speak about it more in depth, but for me, it just reminded me of like a gang war because I think there was just so much history and so much tension and animosity built up between lots of different characters that it was going to erupt. It was never going to be a girl-on-girl fight. It was almost like 
Cobra Kai versus Miyagi, and it was almost like legitimized that they can all just have this massive, big old brawl, karate brawl. <laughs> I've just remembered Stingray, <laughs> the security guard, just yes. for everyone, just beating everyone up. It was, it, I thought it was his, but he was doing the comedy bits, wasn't he? Yeah. He was like high fiving <laughs> his mates and then smacking the other ones. <laughs> Because oh, don't worry, don't worry, I've got this. Yeah. <laughs> okay, now you're dead. And then there's that little kid whose his glasses got broken. He goes, "Now you're dead," and they start fighting. Oh, I love the dead. fact that he took his date to their um, house party, and she's like, "I thought we're going to your friend's house," and he went, "These are my friends." <laughs> they're like the oldest people there. They're like obviously in their like mid to late twenties. But there, there always is one friend that's like. 20 years old in, in a group of, <laughs> do you know what I mean? Yeah. A group of people that, been, that keep getting new friends every 10 years because the others have like got married and had kids and stuff and <laughs> get younger friends every single year. Yeah, I'm about 10 years older than you two, aren't I? So that's about right. Not much, not much. No, five years, six years. <laughs> yeah, five years. I'm joking. No. But yeah, I could be stringy. That, that, that suits me. But yeah, um, the, the fight scene then, Iqbal, I think... Um, very, very violent, and I thought a little bit unrealistic because yep. people are literally getting punched in the face and kicked in the face. And and I mean, this is not a John Wick movie, so this is not like an alternate universe. Uh, uh, sorry, a dystopian future or dystopian world. This is nothing like that. This is you know legit supposed to be somewhere in America. And um, martial art films are like this, so gags. I know, but just for kids though, it's just too much. It was too much. It was just like, that guy just got punched in the face ten times. No way he's getting up. But they were kicking each other in the face, like, proper savant kick, flying kick and all this, and they're just getting up again. I wasn't expecting this. Honestly, like, this came out of the blue for me. Because we've seen nothing like this for the 19 episodes before. Yeah. And when this came around, because obviously there were so many different fights going on, it kind of switched from one to the other. So he didn't really know what had happened in the previous bit. Mm. And then when it switched over, when it cut over to the fight scene that you thought nothing really was going on, like someone would be bleeding and stuff. Like this is like really violent. Like this, this didn't have had it in um, the Karate Kid films either. There was no blood, absolutely no blood. Like even when Daniel was getting beaten up, it might have been a few bruises here and there, but this was like proper, like, Kicking someone over a balcony, <laughs> that's quite that's quite bad. Yeah, it's quite bad. Like, but all of this blood and stuff, I wasn't expecting. Look, I'm not complaining. A little unrealistic, but then again, so is the whole se- series. So, I, I, I'm, not, I'm not bothered. Oh yeah, no bother. I think it's just a, it, like you said, it's a bit out of the blue, but it was definitely entertaining. Like, what the fuck? Like, everyone was like mental. And uh, Nin, what were your thoughts? I thought there was, I mean. It got ha- it got really tense at the end when Tori was nearly going to damage. It looked like she was going to do some real serious damage to Samantha, didn't she? Yeah, I mean, it's worth bearing in mind that I watched this a million years ago. It feels like that, and she yeah. had that she had that bracelet, didn't she? That had like spikes on them. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, she was. Um, I just think she again. I think with her, it was almost like. You, we've we've got to take what's ours, and she felt like this rich girl has taken something from me. And again, it's almost like um, 
you know rich girl gets everything i lose everything and it becomes very personal and i think she just wanted to hurt her as much as possible because it's people like her who probably wronged in her head have wronged her her whole life yeah so you know i think it wasn't just the the fact that it was miguel that she kissed miguel i think it was a frustration of how life has panned out for her yeah yeah for sure there's got to be underlying factors. Yeah, as well. I mean, yeah, the fighting was just a next level mental. It was unrealistic. But you know, you got to give a shout out to the kids because they were flawless in it. Yeah, they made it look great. They really mm-hmm. did. You know, you got to give them credit for you know uh, performing. You know, the, it would have been a tough so thing well. to shoot. Would have been a mm-hmm. really tough thing to shoot because it's literally mayhem, right? I mean, Icky, you'll know that being a director, it yeah. would have been a bit mental that with filming that scene. The way they were flying everywhere, how many different fights going on, different people in the background fighting, literal gang war for kids. Yeah, you would have had to, um, what we call blocking. So you would have had to kind of practice that quite a, quite a lot, in my opinion, uh, just, just to maybe go through the scene quite a number of times before you shot it. And I think a lot of them were done in one take, but then edited between them. I, I mean... <laughs> I can't explain it, but each fight scene would have been done in one take and then gone from one to the other in the edit. But one thing, I forgot what I was going to say, but one thing that stood out, I mean, one thing that I would have said to the actors when they were directing is, remember, this is nine episodes of tension going into 10 minutes. So really, because when you think about it, that is exactly what it is. I mean, this has been brewing for the past nine episodes. Yep. So you, you've got to make it intense. It can't just be a quick punch here and there. You know, it's got to be all out. It's literally got to be as violent. You've got to scream, make the faces, show everything, yeah? Emotion. Yeah, exactly mm-hmm. what it is, yeah. But I really liked it. I liked the way the cameras sort of like, it, they were, a steady cam was used rather than it being a bit jerky. Sometimes... The jerkiness can kind of put it off, put the put the viewer off, but it was nice and smooth, and I liked it. I thought it was pretty decent. Sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. In this instance, it did work. Yeah, and then the ending is the hardest to watch because oh uh, Miguel gosh. falls. Oh God, yeah, because because he was going to take he he had um. Robbie Keane for the taking and Johnny's voice comes into his head, right? That sometimes there's honour and mercy. It's words along them lines. Yeah. I'm not going to quote it, you know, because again, I've only ever I've seen the season once, but you know, words to that effect. And they played in his head and it just kind of goes slow motion. And then Robbie Keane kind of takes his opportunity and just sweeps him out, goes flying over the balcony and you see his spine hit the stairs or something. And you think, oh, for fuck's sake. Well, the banister, did it hit the banister? The banister, sorry, the banister, he's taking the fall down, right? Bang, crash. And you know what? You as a viewer are like, oh my, fo-. you you think, oh my God. He, 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 the shock value is Yeah, you, you, you're disgusted. It, I almost had the same kind of like tense up feeling as like the red, you know, the red wedding. It was like, oh. I can't believe that's happened because, again, you become really invested in, in Miguel. He's the good kid, right? I mean, to me, he's the good also, kid. also, they've kind of conditioned you to never get to a serious point in the show. Yes. Never, this show is never... Yes, that was like, oh, yeah. my God, he could die from even the this, films, you know? Even the films, yeah. it's never been about death. It's always been that about rivalry. Shocking, I agree. This was the most shocking thing I've seen related to the Crowd, Crowd Kid franchise. Yeah. You know, even the sweep the leg wasn't as bad as that. That was like, you could kill someone. 
Yeah, yeah, he could have gone out of hand. He's, he's in hospital on pipes and might be paralyzed and could die. And at the end of the day, when you when you watch it, you actually feel like shit at the end. You are literally going, "What the fuck just happened here? I didn't yeah, expect this." That's why I think that I mean, if the fight if the fighting had ended well, I would have I wouldn't have been that shocked. Like in terms of if everyone was okay, hmm. you know, I thought, all right, the fighting was a little unrealistic. Wasn't much blood, but obviously the blood was leading to something. You know, what I mean, something much worse. Yeah. Um, but I yeah, think also there of... was a hidden message as well, Iqbal, in the sense that your uh, gangs or your your gang, yeah. you know, your gang culture, you know, yeah. like this is basically this is pretty much this what can happen. Reality. This could be the outcome. This All that a... aggressive fighting, it it had to come to a shock value, right? Yeah, I think obviously with with crime going up and stuff now. You know, you, you look at it and you think, actually, this is the reality of it. You know, it's not all fun and games. It's not comedy. It's not fat people um, becoming security guards and, and hitting people. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? This is actually, this is real life. People are dying. Um, so, yeah. Guns Rob, and knives as well, by the way. Yeah, exactly. People are dying. So, um, yeah, hidden message, but it was shocking to watch, yeah. Amazing amazing into the to the season really and you know you, you think back what's Miguel doing the whole time he's actually trying to save Samantha as well the whole fight scene mm-hmm. he's trying to stop his perceived girlfriend Tori from hurting and she even kicks his ass at one point and, and makes him go flying to get him away from them and she still goes after Samantha and after all that he's the one that gets hurt really badly, you know, and he was, like you said, turned out he was always the good guy in the whole thing, and you get the sympathy in the end as well for him, and they switch, mm. and, um, you know, they did a good, they did a really good job of trying to build Robbie, you know, especially with that fight scene where, um, on the beach, you know, with, with the phones getting stolen with his old, yeah. old thief friends, and, and Daniel LaRusso, and they, they filmed it, and Daniel even gets put over as well by saying that we don't need to sell ourselves like this, we'll be fine. But in the end, all that goodness, all that goodness that was built for Robbie, he just destroys it all in that one scene. Just one moment of stupidity, you know? And now, that's where we go, really, for the next season. I mean, firstly, you see that end. How do you feel about the whole season then, then? I mean, when you see it end like that, What'd you get? I, I think the ending was fucking brilliant. The, the, the Miguel thing happened, but what you need to remember, what else happened was, Chris has taken the dojo off Johnny, right? His little boy is ended up in hospital. His love interest, Miguel's mum, does not want to know him. You're the reason why my son's here. You know, he's got that guilt on his head as well. And then he sat at the beach and um he takes his phone um, he, and he flings it. And of course, there's um then there's the Facebook acceptance from Ali, which I think is going to be obviously nicely teed up for next season as well. Why, you know, what's going to happen there? But for me, you know, what was the most powerful thing? I don't know if you guys picked up on it, but Banana Rama's Cruel Summer was the theme of Karate Kid, and they even played the original in this as they're going back to school. But they played an acoustic quite deep which is quite a happy song cruel summer like you know it, you you kind of bob along to it. it's a proper 80s tune but they did somebody called kari kimmel's version of cruel summer which is quite acoustic and quite 
harrowing and quite mysterious in sound. Yes, it's dark. It reminds it's, it's me. perfect. That you know, can I be honest with you? That music plays a massive part in what you're trying to sell here, and I think that cover version was absolutely fantastic. Do you know, it reminded me of um, I've got five on it in us. Yeah, how they changed the music to kind of fit the theme of the of the film. And this exact this did exactly the same because Karate Kid is all it's a feel good film etc. But that song is such a happy song as well, yeah. right? Yeah, but what? But this like we should have known how it was going to end from the theme tune. Really, when you think about it, yeah, it's a cool song. There, we should we should have known like from how they slowed it down, made it more harrowing, a little darker. We should have kind of known what was going to come. But I mean, that's why it was. That's why it's, I thought it was beautifully done because we just didn't see it coming. And he sat on the beach, and they're actually playing "Cruel Summer" by Emma Carrie Kimmel, and it. Oh my God! You feel every emotion for Johnny, everything. Yeah, he, I mean, he loses out everything again. You know, uh, Johnny ends up getting into the the fallout. Of here is Johnny's, you know, lost the love of it. Well, his his new love, uh, his his protege is. On his, on his deathbed you know there's so much that comes out of it for Johnny and his son is the one that does it as well so he kind of gets the double whammy I think or the triple whammy even on his it's quadruple he's and, lost, and, and there's kids that have been corrupted as well well he's lost his yeah he lost his dojo he's lost his oh yeah forgot about dojo. and a majority of his students and he's lost he's lost his um, well, girlfriend really and, and his friend I mean, died of cancer yeah that's five that's just that's just enough to drive drive everybody over the way. I think that's why it needs Elizabeth is Elizabeth Shue in the next season just to have him perk up like as in whoa wherever you come because that's what it needs. It needs someone from the past to come up and say, okay, this is interesting, you know. Um, so, I mean, in terms of Daniel, then uh, Icky, he's he's his wife's just look giving him a look, and she really kind of like. What the fuck have you not done? <laughs> you know, in this. So he is like you've already you already mentioned the, the look in the in the uh, in the mm-hmm. elevator. They this is just all gone to part for him as well. Yeah, I think they're, they're just both ashamed of themselves, and that's the reason why nothing was said. Both feel guilty. Um, and yeah, I don't know. I don't know where this is going to take them. To be honest, but this could. The reason why this is so good is it could go so many ways. It just really could. Like the writers now, they could write anything, and it wouldn't shock me. Mm. I think this could this could go in so many directions, so many different directions. They could team up even. Uh, that's one they of my both, ideal they, fantasies that he takes care of the dojo. They both or they both team up, and then the friends get involved, and it's like they all become one happy family against against John Kreese, you know. But you know. Anything could happen, really. Yeah, and then are you are you looking forward to um, season three as well? Gags, it finished, and I was like, I need season three. Yeah. That's how I felt because yeah. of the way it ended. I needed to know what happened. There's so many unanswered questions here. Well, good with for you. What's it's happening with Miguel? Yeah, um, but you know, you you want to you want to binge because I binge watched the second season as well because. Uh, the episodes are so small and so catchy and so punchy and so well written that you you feel like you want more. They're very Moorish. And as soon as season three finished, the way it ended, and that song as well, that cruel summer at the end and that acoustic version, I, I want to know what happens next because there's so many cliffhangers. 
Absolutely. It's just, I can't wait. I think when I saw what happened to Miguel, I was just like, shit. And then, like you said, the Elizabeth Shue tease is, is great because now, um, they're all going to be. There's aren't there? Yeah, there's going to be loads of people together in this, in the, in the show from the movie. And, uh, Icky, you were saying something before about, um, you know, his friends as well. You think they've got a part to play? I think they have. Um, believe it or not. Johnny's eyes. I think I've seen a photo, um, a picture. Actually, it might be on IMDb with John Kreese and a couple of the students in um, in the karate robes. So, I mean, I think I think they've all got a, a part to play, especially with Johnny. Remember, Johnny's got no one now apart from his friends. That's all he's got. So I think they're going to uh, play a huge part in season three. Can't wait. Can't wait. Overall, then, big thumbs up. People should watch it, right? 100%. Huge. Huge. Okay. That's magnificent. It. So at least we have some people happy with the end of a TV show, or at least the end of a season of a TV show. Um, the, the last one we did, people weren't very happy, including myself. Uh, proper bitch fest about uh, Game of Thrones. But that, that is a finale. That was a finale. Yeah, though. it was this, a finale. It's just not ended. I mean, if, if you did that podcast at the end of season four or five, you would have liked it, right? Oh, Game yeah, of, of course. There Even the last one, we loved it, season seven as well, just because it was teasing. It, 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 you get to know you know, the reality of Jon Snow and stuff, it was just very exciting. I mean, taking it back to Cobra Kai, mm. I think you have to give a massive shout-out for a show that is not aired on Netflix or on Amazon Prime. It's it's on YouTube. I think that's how people have been watching it or other means. Yeah. But to have such high ratings, you've got to give credit to everyone involved, the writers because in theory, it shouldn't work. It really shouldn't. Yeah, I mean, <clears throat> got to say in TV, TV, um, well, sorry, in film, director is king or queen, and in TV, writer is king or queen. So, shout, massive shout out to writers on this. Massive, right? Yeah, massive shout out to writers. Like I said, we've we praised the writing was brilliant and uh, everything's so entwined and. That's why it's where it's at, and that's why the interest is peaking, and that's why season three is going to be very important for this uh, this show, and see whether they can continue it going further. Because it would be nice to make it a bit of a you know four or five season show if they can, but it's all down to writing. Like Iqbal said, the TV writing is king. If you can make it interesting, I think in the end it's going to lead to Johnny and uh, Daniel becoming friends. But if they can keep that apart, because obviously if his friends do come in, Daniel's going to be ha- hating on them as well. So anything that from the past that comes from Daniel's past, he's going to hate on like Crease, and then obviously until Daniel realizes they're against him, and that's where we're going to see if it's interesting, you know, where they go with all of that. So yeah, lots to um, lots to look forward to. It's unfortunately nearly a year or so away, maybe six, seven, eight months away. But uh, time will pass, time will pass. And uh, yeah, that leaves me to say thank you to Iqbal and Nina for joining me again. Thank you very much, guys. Thank you for having me once again. I was going to say, I'm just like me nearly, just happy to pick up my Champions League medal. Thank you. There you go. So there she is, picking up the Champions League medal as Simon minulated too. Um... Uh, a big impact though, still big impact. We'll give you that. A bit more of an impact than Minulay on the show. Uh, and for the rest of you, thank you for listening and supporting, uh, Buzz. It's been, um, a runaway, a runaway success for, for us. Um, I think I didn't expect it to be as big as, uh, 
it got or do as well as it has done. Thank you so much. And, uh, yeah, we'll continue to keep covering the big show. So Chernobyl, I think he says we wants to do the next one. So we'll, we'll check that out and try and do a pod in the next week or so for that. And, uh, everything else there's, you know, just make sure you check out on Twitter. Uh, Iqbal, what's your Twitter? Twitter is at IQ Filmmaker. And Nina. same with my Instagram. Same with your Instagram, Nina. Um, Twitter at Nina Kauser. And I'm at Gagstan. And make sure you check out the uh, Buzz podcast as well, which is at Buzz underscore podcast, most importantly. So, uh, yeah, once again, thank you so much for your support. And we'll be back with another episode uh, next week or so. Network.